Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Well, open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and meet me at verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. And the Word of God tells us through the Apostle Paul, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now say that with me. Ready, read. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Say it one more time. We walk by faith. So each and every day, we are to walk one step at a time, one decision at a time, one moment at a time, one day at a time by faith and not by sight or not by what we see. And so over the last several months, we've been talking about faith and we understand in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And how many of you want to please God? So it's going to take faith in order to please God. We must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And so we're going to please God by faith. Faith causes us to believe something that we can't currently see. Faith allows us to act on what we believe that we have heard from God. Faith is always an act. If you say you're in faith, that means you are acting on what you say you believe God is speaking to you. And God is always pleased when we walk by faith, not when we receive the manifestation, but when we are actually walking by faith, believing him to receive before we even see what we're believing for. That's what pleases God. And that's what faith is all about. And the moment you start walking by sight is the moment you stop walking by faith. Let me say it again. The moment you start walking by sight, I'm only going to make decisions based upon what I can see and not by what I believe I've heard from God or what God has said to me in his word, that is the moment that you have stopped walking by faith and you have started walking by your natural five physical senses. If you're going to be spiritual people, which you are, if you're going to be children of God, which you are, you are going to have to trust God. It, it, this is not a suggestion. This is not a recommendation. This is a commandment that if I'm going to walk by faith, I'm going to have to trust God and I'm going to have to be comfortable being in uncomfortable situations. I'm going to have to understand that when I'm walking by faith, I'm going to feel nervous. I'm going to feel all of these things in my natural body. I'm going to feel it, but God told me to do it and I'm doing it. God is leading me to do it, and I'm doing it. I've got a word from God, and I'm walking by faith. The opposite of faith is sight. The opposite of faith is sight, and what you can see with your eyes is temporary and subject to change. But what you see with the eyes of your understanding or in your heart is eternal, and that will manifest as you continue to add patience to your faith. And so you got to understand what I'm seeing with my eyes is subject to change. I'm, whatever my, my kid acting crazy 
if I continue to walk by faith, they, they, it is subject to change. They will get better in Jesus' name. Uh, if your money is funny, if I continue to walk by faith, it will change and it will get better. If your relationships are funny, if I continue to walk by faith, it will change and it will get better. This is what faith says. Conversely, people that don't have the spirit of God, they're going to walk by sight. They're only going to walk by what they can hear, see, touch, taste, and smell. That's their decision-making mechanism. But you and I are spiritual people, and we walk by faith and not by sight. Say this after me. I walk by faith, faith. not by sight. sight. Now, 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, Paul tells us here in the word of the Lord, I'm only going to read the first sentence to you, or maybe the second sentence. Here we go. (laughs) Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Now pause there. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Uh, To examine means to audit, right? To inspect, to test. Am I in faith? Am I truly acting on what I believe I've heard from God? Am I truly trusting God? Am I truly depending on God? Am I in faith? In the COVID season in 2020, that was a major test. That was a great opportunity to examine yourself. Do I really trust God? Am I going to hear God tell me go places and I go and will I be willing to listen to God tell me don't go places, and I don't go. Do I really trust God? And a lot of times, and I noticed in COVID, it was a great test. I examined myself, and, and I'm, I was examining myself, is, is this faith or is it fear? And most people, if they took a step back and examined themselves, they were in fear and not faith. I had people telling me, Uh, People that said that they were in faith, I trust God, but I can't leave my house. I just can't leave the house. Is anything wrong with you medically? Nothing wrong, nothing wrong. I believe God will take care of me, but I can't leave the house. I can't go to work, can't come to church. And I'm in faith. No, you need to examine yourself. You are not in faith. And I want you to examine yourself. Am I in faith? Ask yourself, test yourself. What do you find when you inspect yourself? Am I believing God? Is there something that's impossible that I'm believing God for? Am I truly believing him or am I in fear? And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this next week. Or am I in worry or doubt and concern and, and agony? What, where am I? Locate yourself. Don't fool yourself. Locate yourself. Where am I? Find out where you are and then get in the faith if you're not. And if you are in faith, stay in faith. Trusting, believing that God has spoken a word to me and I'm going to continue to do what he's told me to do. Now, in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12, I want to read this from the Passion Translation. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12. It says, so search your hearts. Listen to this. Search your hearts every day, my brothers and sisters, and make sure that none of you has evil or unbelief hiding within you, for it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. Now notice we're to search our hearts. 
every day. And watch this. What are we looking for? We're looking to see if there is evil or unbelief hiding within you. Somebody say unbelief. Now, last week we talked about unbelief. You can get that at truelifefc.org. We called it the root of unbelief. And I want to continue this week and talk about unbelief. Unbelief can be hiding on the inside of you. And we are to examine ourselves to find out is unbelief on the inside of us. I jotted some things down and I want to read them to you. And I want you to to digest this as I read these statements to you. But unbelief says, I will not believe. This is what unbelief really says. I choose not to believe. Whether you do that, uh, you know, you do it intentionally or you do it unintentionally, you're choosing, I'm not going to believe. Last week, we talked about Thomas. He said, unless I see and touch, I will not believe. That's unbelief. He had, he was, his anchor was in the seen realm and everything that he put his trust in was what he could see and touch. And Jesus called him out and said, that's unbelief. Unbelief is anchored in what is visible. Unbelief is anchored in what is visible. Unbelief honors the natural realm as superior to the invisible realm. This is what unbelief does. That what I can see is superior into what I cannot see. Unbelief believes more in what's visible than in what is invisible. And this is why we talked about we're going to have to, as spiritual people, have to be able to see with the eyes of our understanding in our heart the invisible realm, the realm where God is, the realm where Jesus is. We're going to have to be able to see, not with our natural eyes, but with our, with our eyes of faith this invisible realm, and that is superior to this visible realm. Unbelief is faith in something other than God, whether it be faith in your abilities, faith in someone else's ability, but that's unbelief. When you have more faith in other things than you do God, you're in unbelief. I like this one. The problem is not the absence of faith, it's the presence of unbelief. Your problem is not the absence of faith, it's, it's your presence of unbelief. You're allowing unbelief to be present on the inside of you. And you'll know you're in unbelief when you start talking about natural things more than you talk about what God can do. Well, oh man, I tell you what, my, my, my shoulder, my shoulder's hurting and yeah, I, I was told I'm going to have that injury all my life, but faith says you can be healed of that. Well, I was told it's going to hurt all my life. You know what? And then I tell you, hey, God, God wants to heal your shoulder. Nope, nope. It's going to be like that all my life. Your faith is in the natural and you are completely and entirely in unbelief. When you start arguing about what is more important in the natural realm than what God is saying, you are in unbelief. And I want you to recognize where you are. All week long, I've been trying to locate myself. Am I in faith or am I in unbelief? And so I want to show you something here in Mark chapter 6. Turn there real quick, Mark chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. I've never preached this before, so I want y'all to be praying for me that utterance will, 
will come out and that there will be clarity and understanding as I discuss this passage of Scripture. But Mark chapter 6, I'm going to take my time with it. We're going to start at verse 1. Then he went out from there, talking about Jesus, and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. So let's pause there for a second. Jesus left Capernaum. Jesus currently lives in Capernaum at the time of this writing. Capernaum is where his ministry is, is where his house is. He lives in Capernaum, but he goes to Nazareth, which is his home country. This is where he was raised, okay? So he goes to the area he was raised in, and his disciples went with him. Let's look at verse 2. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? Look at verse 3. And what wisdom... Uh, let's go back. Let me see here. What? Hey, there we go. And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Now, let's go to the next verse. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. So let's pause here for a second. Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. He goes home. The area where he was raised, he's teaching in the synagogue. And let me tell you how this conversation went. Now, this is how it went. If this was happening in the 90s and the 2000s, this is how this conversation went. Jesus is up preaching, and people are saying, my gosh, that is really good. That's fire. Woo, that's dope. I'm telling you, I ain't never heard nothing like that. No cap. I mean, that is hot. Woo, it's like butter coming out. His words are smooth like butter just coming out of his mouth. Man, have you ever heard anything like that? I ain't never heard nothing like that. Woo, that's revelatory. That, the bars that he's spitting, I'm telling you, it is hot. Man, Man wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, um, wait a minute, I think I know him. No, man, I don't, I don't, I don't know him. Yeah, man, I, yeah, that's, that's little JC. Nah, little JC, yeah. You, you remember little JC? No, nah, I remember little JC. You know, it was Mary. Mary's, that's Mary's son. Mary Tyler Moore? No, 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 not, not Mary Tyler Moore. You know, Mary, that's Mary's son, little JC. Mary Jane and Rick James? No. I'm in love with Mary Jane. No, it's not Mary Jane. It's not Mary Jane. You know Mary. I'm trying to, you know Mary. Mary J. Blige? No. No, no. Work with me, man. You're not working with me. Mary, Mary, the, you, Mary, the, the little JC. The, okay, okay, you know. Do you remember that rumor about 30 years ago? Mary said that she never knew a man, had a kid. She said God was the kid's father. Oh, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. Oh, oh, oh. And the son's name was J.C. <laughs> yeah, J.C. Not J.Z. J.C. Little J.C. Oh, oh, that's little J.C. Yeah, there's brothers' ears over there. 
Oh, that's his little brother's over there. Little Jay sees his little brother. Oh, oh, and, uh, that's his sister's too. Oh, his sister's is hot now. I know, I know his sister. No, 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 don't worry about that. But you know, that's his brothers and sisters, little JC. Oh, that's little JC. Oh, he a carpenter. What are you up here talking about? That's little JC. I know, I remember little JC. He up there talking, man. I ain't got nothing to do with little JC. Look what Jesus says in verse 4. Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Notice Jesus goes home, teaching. They don't even recognize him. And they're loving what he's saying. But as soon as they became familiar with him, they decided that his words mean nothing to them. And Jesus says, there's no honor when I go home. We have no record of Jesus ever going back to Nazareth. Ever going back. Look at verse 5. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Now pause there. It did not say, notice, that he would not do no mighty work. You notice? The scriptures here tells us that he could not do. Not that he would not do. He wanted to, but he couldn't. He couldn't do any miracles there because he was little JC. And they didn't want to hear what he had to say. And look at the next verse, verse 6. And he marveled. To get Jesus to marvel is a big deal. He marveled because of their unbelief. Now notice here for a second. Jesus went home to preach. They became familiar with him, and they could no longer receive what was on his life and who he was and who he is. And I wrote this down. One of the biggest barriers to receiving God's power is familiarity. It's one of the biggest barriers of unbelief. When you become too familiar with a man of God, a woman of God, whatever it might be, a friend, someone in a high position, and you become too familiar with them, more often than not, you will, be, you will lose honor awe and respect for them, and the words and the anointing on their life will then become common to you, and you'll get to the point where you will ignore it, and they're sharing God's word. Jesus, was sh Jesus is God sharing the word of himself, and because the hometown folks were familiar with him, they stopped believing what he was saying. They started out good until they recognized him. And then they completely stopped believing it. Many years ago, uh, 25 years ago, I was in a, I went to Jerry Savelle's Bible school and a man came in by the name of Mac Hammond. Pastor Mac Hammond came to the Bible school and he had an a, a, a opportunity for us to talk with him. And one of the things he told us, he said, you guys are going to have ministries, this, that, and the third. He said, be very careful how you interact with your congregation. 
And, and so we were like, okay, okay. And he was like, and be extremely careful that if you have a really, really small church, be extremely careful how you interact with your congregation. And I thought, and others, we had our hand up. Like, okay, we got a lot of questions, man. We, what do you mean? And, and we want to be amongst the people. And we want to hang around the people. And we want to smell like the people. And we want to get in there with the people. And we want to be with the, the people. What are you talking about? He said, there is a spirit of familiarity that will come in. And the people will lose honor, respect, and reverence for you and your position, even to the point they will, they will disregard your advice and the words coming out of your mouth, and you then will become to them of no effect. Well, at the time, I'm 21 years old at the time. I, did, I thought he was wrong. I said, man, he's got to be missing it. Man, I mean, this can't be right. I'm 45, and he was completely right. It, it, is, it is true. Most people cannot get close to men or women of God, to get close to maybe top execs, CEOs. You, they can't because they cannot determine the difference between the anointing on someone's life and the wisdom in someone's life and the grace on someone's life, and they become so familiar that they'll begin to ignore their advice and their words spoken to them. It's called familiarity. And what happens in familiarity, I'm going to read you what I wrote down because I want to be precise today. Familiarity is having a closeness with a person to the point that you no longer have awe, respect, or honor for them. Sometimes it is best for the pastor and for you to have a distant relationship. So you can become, because you can become so accustomed to your pastor that you stop seeing the anointing that is on his life. Uh, a friend of mine and, and I were talking about this and he, he shared this and I wrote it down. He says, I think people in churches tend to slide into this without trying to or realizing. They get comfortable and familiar and simply forget to esteem and value what's being said and who's saying it. This is, this is a critical piece of advice I want you to understand. I, I have listened to, there, there are uh, men of God that I have listened to for, for years. I grew up, literally, I grew up working for and under Kenneth Copeland Ministries. This is where I grew spiritually. I grew up, had a great time. I've been listening to Brother Copeland for you know, a long time. You can easily get to the point. I have to watch it. Well, I heard that before. This is what familiarity says. I heard that before. Familiarity also says, I know that already. I've heard that before. And he'll tell a story, and I'm like, well, I heard that before. And know what that means? I completely check out. I check out, and I don't, and I'm not listening anymore. And there could be power in the illustration that I heard before that I haven't seen before because the word of God is living. It's alive. And I have to be careful because I've heard his story. I've heard all his stories. By God's grace, I've had opportunities to have dinner with them and spend time with them. I've known them on that level, and I've got to be very careful 
because there's an anointing on his life. But if I get like, well, come on over here, Ken, and, you know, kick your legs up. No, I don't call him Ken. Right? There's, there's reverence and respect that I have for him because I don't want to be too familiar. And if I get too familiar, I'll lose the awe and the reverence. Most people can't handle it. And they, if they get too familiar with a person, they will lose respect for that person. And granted, people are human. Uh, <laughs> everybody ain't perfect. And you might see something that that person has that you don't like and you it start losing respect. And if you start losing respect, you'll start losing respect for what they're saying and you'll miss out on the anointing that's on their life. Now, I'll tell you all this. I've, I've shared this and I'll share it again. I worked for that ministry for seven years. I got fired from that ministry. They fired me. I didn't do nothing wrong. I kid you not, I didn't do nothing wrong. I'm not just saying that. I didn't. God, it was a catalyst, I believe, to get me to Charlotte. And thank God I'm here. Stacy was waiting for me. She was praying for me. She was praying that I would come and, you know, and God put us together. I'm glad it happened. For real, I'm glad it is. I'm glad that happened. But because I knew where I grew up under and who I grew up under, I always stayed in contact. I could have got offended. I could have got upset. I could have cut off the relationship. I could have said, you know, I don't do this and that. none of this is true. But I said, no. I said, I trust God. And if that happened, I'm just going to trust that God is ordering my steps. And I'm supposed to go in that direction. And I did. And it was a year later, I moved to Charlotte. And thank God I moved to Charlotte. And I'm never going back to Texas by God's grace, you know. I like it out here, glory to God. Well, I'm still in great connection with that, with that family ministry. You guys know, they have, when they need me to get on TV, they call me. I get on with them. It, you guys know how it works. It's, it's a great thing, but I, I would not allow familiarity to come in because I wanted to honor what God placed on them, and I knew that it would benefit me. I'm not saying you worship a man or woman of God. I'm saying you don't become so familiar to a man or woman of God to where you can't receive from them anymore. I, just yesterday, um, one of my kids was somewhere, and I went in to the house. I said hi to the folks that were in the house, and the, 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 the man of the house, he was eating some watermelon, and as soon as I walked in, he stood up. I said, hey, man, how you doing, this, that, and the third? And I said, um... I said, go ahead, man, finish your watermelon. Have a seat. He said, pastor is in my house, and I must stand because pastor is here. And I was like, wow. And now my, my first inclination, man, sit on down, right? But I thought, wait a minute, he doesn't want to be so familiar, and he wants to have awe, honor, and respect. And I said, be seated. <laughs> he said, no. I said, be seated, you know, um, that, that. That, that clicked my heart like, okay, I understand. He didn't want to be so familiar that, hey, this is a guy that, you know, my kid, his kid's playing. I want to have honor and respect, not because I need to be worshipped, but you need what God has placed on the inside of me to come to you without any hindrances. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You, ha you stop having a spiritual connection with men of God once you become familiar with them. 
you stop having a spiritual connection. Oh, pastor, I just want to be buddies. Can we just be buddies? And I want to be friends. And, and, and I'll let y'all know, listen, my job is not to be your friend. My job is to be your pastor. You got friends. I want to be your pastor. I want to be able to speak into your life and share some things with you. And that's the misconception that happens a lot. Well, I thought we were friends. We are not friends. I know it's quiet in here, but I have to tell you the truth. I am your pastor. I am not your friend. I'm your pastor, and I have to tell you some things that maybe a friend can't tell you. I have to say some things to you that maybe a friend can't say to you. And the misconception is, I've had people, uh, well, I, I called you and you didn't answer the phone. I was with my family. Well, I'm leaving the church. Well, bye-bye. <laughs> bye. Don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split. Okay, bye-bye. It, listen, it, I, I have a family too. And I have to honor those that are in my family as well. And the, 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 this is a huge misconception, in, especially in ministry. I've been talking to other pastors about it, that people feel like when the pastor says something of correction, they leave because I thought we were friends, and I can't believe you said that to me. We're, okay, that's, the, that, that's where it all went wrong. I, I have to tell you that that's wrong, or you acting that way is not right. Or if you make that decision, you're going to go down a path that's not going to be pleasant for you. I've got to tell you that as a pastor. But if you only see me as a friend, then you're going to disregard what God could be saying to you. And so familiarity, even with verses and scriptures, don't become so familiar with a passage of scripture that you can't glean out of it what God has for you new. He wants to show you something new. He wants to reveal something new to you in this passage. So even though you've read it before, read it again. And read it like you've never read it before. And it's really difficult to do. You're going to have to be very mature to do this. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read John 3.16 again. I, I, can, I can know it by heart, but I'm going to read it again and I'm going to get something new out of it. I was reading Mark 11, 22, 23, 24 again the other day, and I saw something. I've read that a million times probably, but I saw the part on the back end when it said, and you shall have it, you know, and you shall have it. I was like, that's not my part. That's God's part. And it was revelation to me. Why am I trying to do God's part? I'm just supposed to believe that I receive, and God's part says, and you shall have it. So I believe I receive, Lord. Now I'm waiting on you. <laughs> that's your part of really possessing it. When you, when, you, when you don't have this attitude of familiarity with people or even with passages of Scripture, you're going to be able to see things that you haven't seen before. And it's really important. It's very important that you keep a sense of awe and respect for the word of God and for the man or woman of God that there is, I'm not saying you worship them, but I'm saying that you continue to have respect. Listen to what they're saying. Uh, heed it. Don't cut them off while they're talking. 
And there are people that, that I hang with that I have great awe and respect for, and I get a chance to hang with them. I'm very mindful of it. As they're, as they're talking, I want to hear what they're saying. I want to I check out what they're saying. I want to listen because they're, they're telling me something that could help me. They're telling me something that can give me an advantage so that I can see something. And so I, I, I sit back, I, I listen because I want to have respect for what God has placed on their life. Why, the reason why Jesus could perform no mighty works is because they became entirely too familiar with him. And they said, I know him. I heard that before. I've seen that before. And they checked out. And they cut their faith off. And they could not receive what God was trying to give them. If you keep reading, Jesus left town and went somewhere else where he was very received and mighty works took place because they weren't so familiar with them. Don't become a warning. Don't become so familiar with me that when I'm talking to you about the word of God, you think that's my opinion. No, I'm talking to you about what God is saying. Now, if we talk about if the Cowboys going to win or something, okay, that's, that's my opinion, and, and that's, that's something totally different. But if we're talking about the word, I'm not giving you opinion. I'm giving you what God has given me to give you. And you have to receive it like I, I respect it, I honor it, and I receive not only the word, but the person delivering the word too. I receive them as a gift from God. And then you will be a candidate for mighty, mighty works to take place in your life. This is something that you are going to have to be determined about doing because it's easy. It's really easy to become extremely familiar with people or with God's word to the point. I know people that they don't even open about. I just quote it all day long. Then you're not really eating the word because the way you eat the word of God and feed on the word is you put your eyes on it and you put your mouth on it at the same time, praise God, and you feed on the word. Well, I can quote that scripture because I heard it before and I know it. No, 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 no. I'm not so familiar with it. There are times there's verses that I know I I just even open the Bible like, you know what? I'm not even going to quote it. We're going to read it again. Because I don't want to become so familiar with it that I lose honor and respect for it. One last thing, and then I'll close. It is possible to remain close and value the anointing on the word and on the man or woman of God. So I don't want you to be fearful. It is possible to, to, to value the word, be close to the word and still place preference and value over it or be close to a man or woman of God, but still value the man or woman of God. It's possible, but it's going to take a lot of maturity. You're going to have to be mature. And one of the things that I have found in, you know, pastoring over the last, what, 2011, so last 12 years that I have found is most people can't do it. As soon as you tell them something's wrong, they leave. They can't, they can't handle it. Hey, you shouldn't have done this this way. You should have, and they, they, my feelings hurt. I'm offended. Um, you, you hurt me. I just told you the truth. And they can't handle it. And unfortunately, they've been cut off, and I could have helped them through the word of God, could have helped them 
get through whatever they were going through. Through the word of God and through God's grace and experience. And they allowed themselves to get cut off. That's why I didn't do it in the Copeland ministry. I would not allow it. Even though the devil tried to cut it, I wouldn't allow it. Because I wanted to stay connected to the anointing that was on their life and on that ministry. And I've seen, I'm seeing the fruits of it in my life, praise God. And so, how many of you know what I'm talking about today? You know what I'm talking about. You've got, you got experience in what I'm talking about. Make sure that you are not so familiar with a passage of Scripture or the Word of God because that will cause unbelief to come in your life and you will ultimately no longer believe what they're saying or what the Word's saying because you've gotten so close to it. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.